big announcement last weekend. Yes, it was. It was. It was hard. Maybe for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Good, Hi, everybody. Mor- good, uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Whenever you happen to be listening to this, hello. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. If you missed last weekend, we had another big, big announcement. announcement. You know, we 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 uh, marketed this whole big announcement back in December. The big for- announcement about getting out of debt. Correct, and that was a big announcement. That was a big announcement. This one we didn't really mark it, but it was still a big announcement. And I, I tried not to make a big announcement out of it. I didn't want to. I, I feel I felt like it would be self-serving to overemphasize it, although it affects the whole parish. Sure. In case people did not hear the news, and I know not everybody has known has learned yet what I announced is that I will be retiring as of July first, twenty twenty-two. What Did a, I say that correct? Yeah, you said 2022. It that's this year. Perfectly. Okay. You know, I was thinking because of retirement and all this extra time you're going to have, we could do a 24 minute podcast. We'll <laughs> They'd just, have to change the name of the parish. We'll just By the way, <laughs> throw one minute on. I know it. you love 23. Did it, you see what Sunday this coming Sunday is? It's January 23rd. 23rd. The yeah. third Sunday in ordinary time. Not the 23rd Sunday. No, that'd be a, a stiff jump. I almost said that on Sunday. You know, I always announce the liturgical yeah. celebration. Yeah, welcome to St. John the 23rd oh, no, as don't we celebrate the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. I almost, on Sunday though, it almost came out the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. <laughs> I thought, whoa, we have, we're, we've really moved through this We're in year. the middle of the summer already. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it it was a hard announcement and please know that you have our love and prayers and support. Well, thank you. Uh, the comments have been all over the place. Uh Lots of people came up and said something along the line of, well, congratulations. Is that the right thing to say? I think it is. And that's what people said. And I said, well, yeah, I'll accept it. I never, that's funny. I did not expect that kind of comment. Yeah. Uh, But in some ways, I think it's, it's the perfect comment because it's, it's congratulating a job well done and acknowledging what has happened here well i was so glad nobody broke out into song you know ding dong the witch is dead Uh, somebody cut my keyboard i tried to start playing (laughs) it and i had no power um but yeah i i think there'll be a range of emotions and feelings from people um but i think we're also excited for you to celebrate what you have done as the first pastor of this parish and for what the next chapter of your life will be and as you said it's not like you're you're leaving i'm not leaving out you're gonna you'll be in the area we'll still i plan to be in the area i will be helping out at parishes and i suspect including john the 23rd i think you and i will be getting together for coffee quite regularly yeah you're buying yeah i'll buy well you'll be retired so without an income somebody's gonna have to help you out (laughs) (laughs) okay uh how would you like to get into luke let's get into luke now this is very exciting last week we got into ordinary time, and I told everybody, this is the year of Luke. So what did we do? We started with John's gospel. We did. And it was, a, it was, a, it was almost as good as a wedding last weekend. Yes, the, the wedding at Cana. Now we get into Luke, and we will be in Luke for about seven or eight weeks until Lent. Yes. And even in Lent, we'll do a little bit of Luke. During Easter, we'll do a little bit of Luke. And then after Easter, Easter season, we are in Luke from the middle of June all the way through November. We'll take it. Yes. So uh, today's reading for the gospel is two parts. 
I mean, literally two parts. Mm-hmm. The first four verses are from chapter one. It's sort of like saying, okay, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Is that where that, that uh, th- lyric came yeah, from? Uh, thanks, Julie Andrews. From, from Luke. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? I think Oscar Hammerstein wrote it. Oh. Um, and then it jumps to chapter four. So it, it gives these introductory words from the first four verses of Luke. Yeah. And then it jumps to chapter four, which is uh, one of the most exciting passages. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I read it often. And then I try to think about how those words apply to each of us. Yeah, this is cool. I think I like how we're taking an introduction. You know, we're kind of rolling out and, and setting the theme for what is to come over the next year. Yeah, And if you notice, I'm, I haven't said yet what's exci- I'm trying to build up the excitement to the listener. So oh. if there's somebody out there wondering, what what is this passage? Uh, they're on the edge of their seat. And if they're driving, good luck. Or they're, they already hit fast forward and they're at a later part in the podcast. Okay. I will read the first four verses, okay, which are just the introduction, and then you read the part where Jesus gets into the synagogue. No pressure. That is the pre- that is the great part. All right. Are you ready? Luke chapter one verses one to four. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us. I, too, have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up and what according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like to make just a couple of quick uh, comments, and then we'll go into what this is all about. The first one is, we don't know for sure who Theophilus was. Sure. I remember three years ago we discussed that a little bit. If you notice, Theophilus is referred to as uh, your excellency or most excellent. So some people assume he was a bishop. Other people think that it was not really a person at all, but rather one of those constructs that you do. If, you know, you're writing like Dear Diary or something like that. It, yeah. And the word Theophilus means, Theos means God, mm-hmm. and Philos means uh, a lover of God. So, w- Would there have been a bishop at that time? That that. Cl- well, remember, this was not written until uh, the mid to late 70s, mid-70s probably, sure. uh, 70 AD. Well, that's what I was by, thinking. By today's if, numbers. Even yeah. if it was 70 to, let's so give it 100 years after Jesus. Well, yeah, this was 30 to 40 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. So... 
so there would have been there were there were leaders yeah the uh in the christian church well did they call them bishops i don't know but certainly they knew the apostles were the leaders and the the apostles successors and they did have other people besides the uh, the 12 apostles okay so okay so that's the first thing by the way theophilus shows up again in the first line he's in the sequel yes he's in the sequel the first line of acts of the apostles all oh, right luke wrote uh, yes. uh, two books he wrote the first sequel so that's the one acts oh. of the really what the gospel of jesus and then the acts of the apostles so he gets two appearances in and the in, Bible. The, in the acts of the apostles he says now in my first book theophilus i wrote about jesus now right. i'm going to write about his followers it's kind of like star wars it's almost exactly the same. The, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost and you the could same. on the screen you could almost see those letters, the words going back. Theophilus in a galaxy far, far away. Okay. Then then the second thing I want to talk about is how this gospel the part you read from chapter four, uh says a lot behind the scenes. First of all, uh a synagogue not to be confused with the temple. There was only one temple that was in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Synagogues were small, almost neighborhood uh, gathering places. So they weren't real big. There were a lot of synagogues. People would go to their normal synagogue. Mm-hmm. Somebody would read the scripture. And then normally after they would read the scripture, they would quote. They would quote, uh, now, Rabbi so-and-so says this about this passage, and Rabbi so-and-so says that about the passage. That yeah. was the job of the scribe. They were uh, scholars, but they did not speak in their own name. Okay. Jesus obviously spoke in his own name. That comes up more than once, mm-hmm. that he speaks with authority. Right, and they didn't like that, some of them. Well, yes, you'll find that out next week. Oh, uh, this tune, gonna, in, tune in next week. This one a, has a sequel, too. It the rest, takes a drastic turn. The rest of this story comes up next week. Right. But for now, he sits down, which again, was not uncommon that after you read the passage, you would sit down and sort of speak from the chair. But he simply says, it's now fulfilled. And they must have said, what? Yeah. You know, who's fulfilled it? You know, and then eventually he says, you've just heard it. Yeah. Now this passage, not the very first part that I read, but what you read is often read at the ordination of someone to the priesthood. Sure. And sometimes they even, for the first reading, read the actual passage from Isaiah that Jesus is quoting. So they read it twice, really. Yeah. Uh, But look at those wonderful words. Uh, He stood up to read, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, right there, that's that whole concept of I've been anointed. The anointed one, the word Christ comes from Greek word, which means the anointed one. Mm-hmm. The word Messiah comes from the Hebrew word, which means the anointed one. And Jesus is, and you're anointed by the Spirit. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, so right there, he has anointed me. And just listen to these words. Glad tidings to the poor. Now, the majority of the people were poor. Um, he sent me to proclaim liberty to captives. Now, a lot of people sometimes think about, you know, freedom to those that are imprisoned. But um, Sure. That would be an uh, an obvious way to go. Which is okay. It's like, you know, you are in shackles because of what? All kinds of things. Sure. But also remember, this country, Israel, was uh, held captive by Rome mm-hmm. at the time that he read this. Uh, and when Isaiah talked about it, it was like just coming off of the uh, Babylonian captivity. Recovery of sight to the blind 
that whole idea that the kingdom of God restores the wholeness of something, mm -hmm. to let the oppressed go free. Oh, isn't that beautiful? And by the way, lots of people are oppressed. And to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. They had this concept that uh, in the fullness of time, we get to start all over. In fact, that's the real use of the word jubilee. You know, we have somebody has a, a 50th wedding anniversary. They call it a jubilee. Yeah. In the Old Testament, it's it's prescribed that seven times seven, which is 49, mm -hmm. is and then when once you complete the the 49 years, the 50th year is a year of jubilee, a year of celebration, and it was very carefully prescribed that in that 50th year, anybody that was held captive had to be liberated. If somebody was enslaved, they were given their freedom. Uh, if you owe debt, the debts were wiped out. If you if land you know, your family land had had gone to someone else, it had to be returned back to the family. Oh, really? It was like <laughs> really? to totally and completely, let's get ready to start over. Yeah. Most scripture scholars and historians say it was a practice that was, I, I want to say it's in Deuteronomy, but I may be wrong, but it was a practice that was almost never practiced. Oh, really? Uh, almost from the beginning, people kind of fudged on it. That would, that would stink to buy a house and then, a couple of years later, somebody comes in and says, "Well, it's not a couple of years later; it's fifty years later." Well, not if you bought it in year forty-eight. Well, don't yeah. <laughs> wait. Wait till year fifty-one. Oh, sorry, guys, you got to go. The Smiths are coming back. It's year fifty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, they might have to pay for it to get it back. Oh, well, that'd be that would be fine then. So, what Jesus? This is, in a sense, this is his inaugural address. Yeah. Do, do you remember? It's just a year ago. We had an inauguration. Sure. And you may have sat there and watched it. And probably the things that most people remember is that Lady Gaga sang. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. Or the young woman did the poetry. Amanda uh, Gorman. Yes, Amanda um, Gorman. Was it Amanda? I remember the last name. You remember the first name. This that's is, why we're a good team. That's why we're a team. Yeah, yeah. she was very that, good. Yeah, so we, we remember that. We don't, I don't know if anybody remembers the actual speech, but the, the reality is we always give it an inaugural. Uh, mm -hmm. in one form or another, and it's basically setting the stage. So the new pastor is going to come in. It's the scariest thing in the world, that first weekend when you're in a new parish and people are looking at you and say, I dare you to impress me. But you're talking from the priest's point of view. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that must so, be intimidating. Oh, I have to tell you, when I became pastor of St. Thomas More, Bowling Green, that was in 1984. And that was your first time first being time a pastor. The, the head pastor, yeah, yeah. I was associate before that. And it was at University of Bowling Green. It was during the summer. And uh, I had prepared well, but I was pretty intimidated. It was only after Mass was over that I discovered that the man who had done one of the readings, there were two different readers, the man who had done the second reading was not only a wonderful reader, but he was a professor head of the speech department. Oh, wow. And I thought, I'm glad I didn't know this in advance because I would have probably just stood there and mumbled a few things. Uh, <laughs> uh, he turned out to be very affirming and very supportive sure. throughout my years there. But sometimes we we anticipate the worst, and it turns out people want us to, want they really want us to be successful. Well, especially in a, a parish based near a university, you're going to have a, a very highly educated congregation and during the summer it, it the percentage is higher because the students are gone right so it's more of the faculty members yeah i didn't staff. think about that so really you're you're in some ways you're 
target demographic isn't even around yet. Yeah, right. There were always some students. You're right. So with with this, I, I think it's interesting. It's kind of neat that, you know, as we've gotten out of the Christmas season, we get into ordinary time. We can kind of just breathe a little bit. And I think what's neat about the choice of this gospel reading, both parts, both from chapter one and chapter four, is that it's allowing us to set the stage and anticipate what is to come in the subsequent weeks to follow. Yeah, it, it is. It's setting the stage for the, really the entire gospel, and that's why it's so important. I remember being on a, a retreat, and I used this passage pretty much as the fodder for meditation, the entire retreat. The fodder, not the father. F-O-D-D-E-R. Yeah. you know the, Can the, you define fodder? The stuff. The the. <laughs> It, the it's that, stuff. Yeah, it's the stuff that you use. It's the 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 raw material that you work with. Okay, this guy, I don't use fodder on a regular basis. Hello, fodder. There's Hello, a mother. there is a restaurant called Fowl and Fodder in Toledo. Is it fodder? Yeah, Fowl and it? Fodder. Okay, I don't know that one. We'll now, go sometime. I would like to depart from this gospel reading for a little bit to okay. address the second reading. Oh, you like this reading. I like this reading. Okay, be, because... We both like this it's reading. It's two-part. Yeah. Just like this gospel today is going to show up again uh, in a week on January 30th for the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time, the second reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, first letter to the Corinthians, yeah. it has two of the, the best sections back-to-back. Back. And it's kind of... It's a shame you could preach on the gospel. You could preach on the second reading. At, Have you decided? You, no. And you can't really preach on both because it would be too much. Sure. So Paul's letter to the Corinthians, a little bit of background. He loved the community in Corinth. Mm -hmm. He had a special love for them. However, they were very divisive. And they were, they were uh, arguing with each other. And the way he describes it, you know, they would uh, come together for Sunday, call it liturgy. Yeah. And uh, it sounded like they almost had a potluck uh, before they actually celebrated the Eucharist. And some would be finished eating before the others would even get there. I mean, but it was kind of symbolic. They would brag against each other, like, I have this gift and you have that gift. It's where they first made the green bean casserole. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and somebody brought cheesy potatoes. Cheesy potatoes, always. Uh, and I never eat them. But, really? Right. You don't like them? No. Too it's, much? It's... Well, let's let's Let, stay with uh, Corinthians. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So so Paul does two things. He talks about the body. He uses this wonderful image. The body has many parts, but it's one body. And that whole thing, if a foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, does it not really belong to the body? And it, he goes on to say all the parts of the body are necessary, and if one part hurts, the whole body hurts. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful image. Now, I will give a warning. It's a longer passage, so some priest will suggest to the lector to use the short version. There, Yes, there is a short form. I think I'm going to use the long version just because it's so cool. Because you love to get every word out now, of Scripture. Now, quickly, I'm going to move ahead. This is chapter 12. The following week, as I said, is a continuation, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
And everybody knows 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the passage that's used at 81% of all weddings. If I speak in human and angelic tongues. But am without love. I am nothing. I am a gong. A resounding gong. gong. Uh, yeah. Love Cli- is patient. Clashing symbol. I love that. Clashing. The, the you, percussive. You, uh, yeah, you should have the symbol just. We can. I'll uh, get a gong if you want. No, no I don't want a gong. What? <laughs> uh, okay, so people think it's about marriage, but the reality, it's also still about the community. Sure. He's saying, you you gotta, you guys have to live together. You have to love each other. You have, have to come together and, and. Don't just say, but my skill is better than yours or my gift is better than yours. So the gospel for this week and next week are connected. The second reading for this week and next week are connected. So it may be beneficial even just to sit down and take some time to reflect on both parts of the whole, um, either prior to this weekend or after this weekend. Sometimes it's, you know, the whole idea of the podcast is to lead us into Mass this weekend. But it might be nice next week, too, to let Mass kind of flow into your week and, and spend some time reflecting in anticipation and, of... And if you have time, read chapter 12, chapter 13 of First Corinthians. If you definitely have time, read chapter 4 of Luke's Gospel. And if you have nothing but time, read the whole Bible. Read, yeah. Just <laughs> stay up all night and keep on going. Yeah. And I would recommend that we all keep on uh, putting ourselves in the picture, like sit in that synagogue with Jesus. And when he says, now it's fulfilled, how would that strike you? You've been waiting for the Messiah. Are you really ready when he, do, when he does come? And the truth is he has come. He's with us. All right, there you have it. Another podcast in the books. You know, if we go to 24 minutes, I'm going to need a stretch break in the middle. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you this weekend for Mass and uh, take on, care. The, on the 23rd. <laughs> <laughs>